Athletic Former Players Association podcast is sponsored by Starna Apparel. Affordable and stylish clothing born on the terraces. Visit their website, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Welcome to another episode of the Dunfermline Athletic Former Players Association podcast, Walking Down the Holbeath Road, where we will reminisce about yesteryear and the players who've been lucky enough to wear the famous black and white stripes. I'm your host, Mikey Mokkevich, and on this episode, we speak to John Potter, a supporter from the Terraces who went on to live the dream by playing, coaching, and then managing the club. He made over 60 appearances playing for the Pars between 1999 and 2014 before embarking on his coaching career. So sit back, grab a bovril, and enjoy this one with John Potter. So John, thanks for joining us on the Walking Down the Hobby Food podcast. First of all, how are you doing? I'm very well, I'm good, thanks. Just dropped the kids at school, so I'm with the date myself, so I'm quite happy. You must be the busiest man in Dunfermline. <laughs> yeah, I'll you down for this podcast yeah. for a while. No, I know, I have, I've um, just changing jobs a little bit. Dropping, I'm actually dropping kids here, they're never in the morning, so trying to do other bits and pieces, football coaching-wise, so that's... Um, we're here now, happy to do it. Keeping busy. Yeah, That's definitely, great. definitely. So we'll start at the top. You were born 15th of December 1979 in High Valleyfield. So just tell us a little bit about growing yeah. up in High Valleyfield and being yeah. a, a valley boy. Yeah, no, I loved it. Um, my dad was from there. Uh, my mum was from Northern Ireland. Lived in Valleyfield till I was 16, really. And loved it. It was me, my mum and dad, my two older brothers. And it was just um, football. Just played football. Two older brothers played football. One's Brian's three years older than me, and Gavin's six years older than me. So I was the youngest. But we just um, just wanted to play football and loved it. Mm. Uh, loved it in there. There was just a, a strong kind of kind of mining community. Loved their football. A bit of mixture. The Fairman, yeah. Celtic Rangers, a bit of everything in there. And generally, people speak about high value for this and that. And I wouldn't move there. I would do that. Mm. But being brought up there. It was brilliant. Broke, loved it. Yeah, yeah I loved it. Never, never locked your door. Yeah. Never, um, never got in any trouble. Never seen anything. I loved it. It was a great place. Superb. See, growing up from a football point of view, did you guys were you guys aware of your George Connollys and yeah. your Bertie Paytons and that kind of yeah. rich Valley field history? Yeah, yeah. My dad was um, used to kind of he was friends with George Connolly. Right. So they used to kind of. So my, my dad used to talk about him. Didn't really know him or hard to see any footage of him. Knew obviously about Peyton. <laughs> And even at that point, um, Kenny Ward. Yeah. So Kenny Ward was um, obviously played at Fairman. He lived at the top of the village. Um, and when I was growing up, my, my older brother Brian knew him a bit more than me and ended up playing with him at, at Oakland stuff. So he knew bits and pieces right. for, for different players in Valley. Mm-hmm. But you could always tell there was a, a kind of football connection there. Yeah. And then memories of football as a kid. So 
Who, who did you play for when you were yeah. growing up? Boys it was club. always um, it was always Valerfield, so right. just a local team. But I played just it, it was. I'm trying to think of it now. I, I take my boys down to Petrivi on a Saturday Sunday morning, and it's four asides, and it's five asides, and it's seven asides. It was eleven asides, yeah. uh, under elevens. That's when we kind of started playing properly. So I was used to play with the year above because of my, my birthday and stuff. So I was always playing mm-hmm. with older guys, um, but just played for Valerfield for. From under 11s to under 14s, pretty much. Yeah. And we were good. We were a good team. People didn't like coming to Valleyfield to play. And we won a lot of cups and did quite well. And I played there until eventually went to kind of Celtic, pretty much. Yeah. So went from there to Celtic. So, um, no, it was always always Valleyfield at that point. Brilliant. And was there any other players in that kind of age group that, that went on to be footballers? Not, not really footballers. At that point, there were um, there was good players and guys that were like, you thought were brilliant, but not really... To go on to play professionally, there was at that point there was a. I used to play with a boy called James Watt, who was the Rangers. He went to Rangers full time. I went right. to Celtic full time. So the two of us at the same time, but he didn't. He kind of fell away and, and didn't yeah. kind of kind of keep going with it. So, but at that point for a wee club like Valleyfield, mm. there was two guys that went um, to Celtic Rangers at that point. Yeah. It was John Fraser. Just he used to just. John was a bit older. Aye, so I was I was good friends with John's. Younger brother, right. John's a couple of years older than me, so um, so John would be the other one, but a, mm. kind of a couple of years older than me. But John yeah. went on over to Fairman, still speak to him now, and yeah. uh, and did quite well. He did. So talking about football again, you, you mentioned before you used to go to East End Park as yeah. a kid. So what's your kind of early memories of going watching f- football? Not paying in for a start. <laughs> uh, my dad, I just remember my dad used to my mum and dad used to take me and my older brother Brian and just getting kind of lifted over turntiles. Yeah. I remember it being absolutely mobbed and mm-hmm. um, used to sit in the corner between the nori and the well the, where the uh okay, the corner flag the corner, yeah. corner flag used to stand, stand there yeah. and it was just a day out and that's what we mm-hmm. did on a saturday uh, and i used to love it i remember the 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 two and the beat rangers game john wow, yeah. watson header yeah yeah mark smith i remember that one that was an early one i remember yeah um so i remember that one and we just always just always used to go until yeah. probably when we started playing mm-hmm. and if we were playing on a saturday we changed saturdays and sundays maybe we didn't go as much then yeah. but from young it was my mum and dad and me and my brother used to go all the time and loved it just remember loved it it was just Brilliant. going to watch games always standing losing your mum and dad getting lost yeah. crowd going everywhere and it was brilliant used to, used to love going on a Saturday superb and who was your heroes a probably back then not just on Fairman like yeah. football in general I, did, I, loved, I loved Liverpool at that point watching them right. uh, I don't know why just just did um, I like uh, John Barnes uh, Beardsley uh, Rush the, the types of guys um, loved them uh, the Fairman I was I was not going to say I was a, like a massive Dunfermline fan, but I liked Dunfermline with my team. And obviously Norrie was the kind of the main man at that point uh, in coming through. So probably him to that degree. But I did like Liverpool, and it's different to me. You don't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on the telly as much, and so yeah. you would just when a game was on, you would sit and watch a game, or if it was a a match of the day or something, like, you'd sit and actually watch it. Yeah. And Liverpool were probably my team, and I quite liked, as I said, probably John Barnes was probably my, my hero back then. Brilliant. And then in ninety six you joined Celtic as a as a youth. Yep. How how did that move all come about? And did you have opportunities to go yep. elsewhere? Did you have trials at other clubs? Yeah. I was um I was doing okay for, for High Valleyfield and then I just got um I had a, f- a few different options. I went to the training at Dufferman a couple of times. I went to I got a couple of offers for kind of hearts and hibs, but I was genuinely quite happy just 
mm-hmm. playing with my, my boys club. We went into uh, training at Celtic and I went to one tournament. Uh, I hadn't even trained with them really, I went to play a tournament and they actually asked me to sign on, it was a thing called an S form back then, where it was yeah. basically you're, you're committing to the club, I was 14 I think, you're committing to that club that you train with that club and stay with that club and I just, I quite liked it, I quite liked the guys, um, I knew it was a commitment for my dad yeah. because we had to travel to, to Glasgow to train because um, they at that point, Celtic had a, kind of, a team in Edinburgh, which is a kind of affiliation a little bit. But at that point, it was you'd go through to Glasgow and train twice a week and play at the weekend. Um, so the, I just decided to go for it. I quite liked it. At that, later on, later on, I'd heard that there might have been a couple of opportunities to go down south and bits and pieces. Right. But I just enjoyed Celtic. Yeah. Got to know the guys. I was on my own. There was nobody really else for this area. And I just signed an S form pretty quickly. Um, and just did it and it was, it was still I think it must have been third year or fourth year at school right. but committed to that club um, school went out the window at that point I, I, a little bit a little bit <laughs> I, I, I was alright at school I actually loved my um, school football team so it was quite a big thing mm-hmm. at St Columbus at that point and at that point they actually took over they had kind of preference of your school so you used to play for your school on a Saturday morning then I was sometimes going to play for Celtic on a Saturday afternoon right. but in the school could kind of, kind of take preference at that point um, so I signed on there and I, I just I was quite happy to I used to for a year I still played for Valleyfield but right. I signed for Celtic and I just used to do a bit of both just for a year and then I got too much and then just went through and started playing through there and it must have been just a complete eye opener going to a club like yeah. as big as Celtic <clears throat> yeah. Celtic Park yeah. wow yeah it was amazing when you think of it now like the training facilities that we used to go to like, were terrible when you think right. about it now and uh, just there was a, an astroturf near Celtic Park and it was Barrafield where the train which was quite good when we got to there but it was uh, just meeting people for Glasgow mm-hmm. just a different whole other world going through myself um, to train with them and a couple of times a week and say they were just getting for school and have half an hour yeah. uh, in a way and it was my dad used to take me one night a week and there was a scout from Fife that used to take me through one night a week as well and my dad would take me to a game on a Saturday so it was a big, big commitment for him that yeah. at the time you probably don't realise um, yeah, but, but now with kids and driving about you realise how, how it is you're so. at that point now aren't yeah. you yeah I've got four boys and you're driving all night and at the yeah. weekend and stuff so it's a lot so at that point my dad would just get in for work and basically my mum would have a pat lunch and we'd just go away and that's us till 11 o'clock at night um, so but hopefully it was kind of worth it in the end definitely and that Celtic youth team who, who was in that youth team any, yeah. any names that went on to have good careers in the game um, probably uh, the team that we had at that point it was amazing you think I actually speak about it now like we won everything like everything every game every cup um, and we just got to a point where we were all we all went full time eventually but we got to 18, 19 and the ones that were like my age group they all just stopped playing very quickly and there were some like proper real good players mm-hmm. um, but from the one at that point you, you become the ones below come up to your age group and the ones above kind of so you, you're a mixture so at that point Matt Burchill uh, it was a year below me but he was in our team yeah. um, we had um, Liam Miller came in from Ireland obviously obviously died a few yeah. years ago sad um, Colin Healy was there from Ireland Jim Goodwin um, right. so those type of guys they were all 
like a year or two below or above, but we ended up playing in the one team. Yeah, they're all training yeah. together. All training together and all in the one team. So no, there was there was those guys who went have like uh, Matt Burchill was probably one at that point. Yeah. He was a year below and he stayed in Livingston, so he used to travel through with him sometimes. And you see one of these guys even at a young age, you thought, wow, yeah. he's, a, he's a player. Yeah, just quick, lightning quick, scored goals. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in very early. I think he came in full time the year after me, and he just trained with us for a little bit and then went to reserves quite quickly and then just went straight to first team and got a chance one day yeah. and he was just so quick yeah. and he could finish it was and he, he got his chance pretty quick and you could yeah. just tell that or he's he's got something about him well he was one that Craig Brown took to France 98 yeah. wasn't he he took so away then. yeah there was four of them I think and he went away as a not a boot boy but just to get the experience yeah. a little bit and he was one of them he, uh, I don't know if, he must have been 17 at that point right. 17 and I think I might, I might, might be right I don't know if it's the next year he went away the next year was when he broke in and actually scored. I think so. Scored against Rangers very yeah. quickly, yeah. Um, and he just kicked on. And it, like, he was like, he was a he was a good player. He was quick, yeah. very quick. And talking about that year, I've got in my my research that you travelled to Portugal. Yeah. With Jansen. Yeah, did I? Yeah. So what's your memories of, of that trip that you can of, you can tell us? Yeah. Oh, I, it was it was all a bit weird. We had a game in the morning, so Celtic were to, if I'm right, they'd play St Johnson to win the league to stop nine in a row. Yeah. So we had a game in the morning for the under 18s it must have been and then went to the first team game and they beat St Johnson 2-0 yeah. and we were doing what we were to do we hang about and um, doing our jobs and whatever um, and they were going to Portugal it was an end of season thing I think it was I'm, I'm not sure if I'm right it was, I thought it was something to do with Cadetti's transfer right. and they were going to play Sport in Lisbon in the game it was all agreed something like that yeah. um, so but there was a, I think there was internationals coming up so a couple of the boys the first team boys have pulled out so the coach phoned me at night and said you're going tomorrow to uh, Portugal the first team um, I'd trained with them a few times and stuff like that he said but there's a few years going so get your bags back and I'm like wow so they just won the league the day before yeah. um, so we went out to went up the next morning it was a bit it was me me and Matt Burchill and there's another one there's three of us I think younger ones went and it was they just won the league they didn't train they just drunk yeah. and celebrated when the league we were a bit quieter and just stayed out the road a little bit but they, I think they trained they went to the stadium the night before the game and they played sport in Lisbon mm. at, their, at their stadium amazing massive stadium beautiful pitch I was a sub right? Um, but the players were playing they say the league was one they were out in the pitch drunk pretty much yeah. or been drinking they weren't really bothered it was just part of it the club had to do um, so they went out and played didn't go on don't know why I don't know if Jansen actually knew my name but <laughs> um, it was a brilliant experience to go over with them and, and, and be with them and they were great they were brilliant guys like Alan Stubbs and Craig Burley and Paul Lambert and they were just they were just good guys with us yeah um, and then we quite a lot of these guys like Paul Lambert who's won the Champions League with Dortmund I love it. Some, some of them were a bit quieter with us mm-hmm. and some of them were just brilliant with younger players like yeah. I, I remember Alan Stubbs and Tommy Johnson were just brilliant with younger players they would just come and sit and talk and yeah. just ask you how you were doing and just have a laugh with you and make you feel comfortable yeah comfortable the, the, the types of guys the other, other get lamp Paul Lambert was quite a quiet guy mm-hmm. um, even like say Jackie McNamara and Simon Donnelly were just a little bit older than us um, still quite quiet guys but you get a little yeah. bit from them but not too much uh, but it was a it was a good change in them so that no, was a brilliant trip um, and I think if I'm right in saying I'm sure at the end of it we were just coming home and Vim Jansen got everybody together and said he was leaving mm-hmm. 
and so we were in the room and stuff, and I was like, oh, let's just win the league. And uh, so it was all yeah, that. Was ah, and it was pres- and he, I think he waited till he got home to announce it and stuff, but uh, it, was, it was a bit surreal, really. Yeah. And then Vengloss comes in. Yeah. And that kind of sig- signalled the end of your time itself. Yeah, look, I was never, I, was, I wasn't good enough. There was a spell where um, I was doing really well for the reserves um, and playing every week. And they had real, real short just centre backs for the first team. And I thought, I'm going to get involved, I'm going to get a wee sniff. But they just went and they signed Scott Marshall, Gordon Marshall's brother, oh, yeah. on loan from someone. I thought, oh, fuck uh, Yeah. So, um, I just I wasn't good enough. I was I just miles away from being good enough at that point. Was did you know that as well? Did you yeah. think I'm never going to get a chance? Yeah, I just thought I wasn't I, I wasn't good enough. And at that point, the the age group I was in, we were like the reserve team. The, the year below us, it was Matt Burchill and Liam Miller and Goodwin. They they, they had a really good. They had a really Stephen Craney. They, yeah. they had a really good team. So at that point, Eric Black had came in and over kind of seen the youth thing. It, our whole team pretty much left, which was the right decision because we weren't going to play. Yeah. Uh, and they brought the ones below us up to try and push them. So the right decision, hard at the time, but the right decision. Yeah, and then obviously you're looking for a move on yeah. the 6th of September 99. You return home to Fife and sign for the Pars. Yeah. So how did that all come about? It was strange actually. I was, I, I, I didn't, I went to train with. I trained with someone down south, it was at Scunthorpe, went and trained with Scunthorpe down south and for a couple of weeks pre-season came back up. The family thing was kind of floating about but never really kind of materialised and I actually went down to Bournemouth for a week. Bournemouth's not the Bournemouth that it is now, it yeah. was League One or League Two and and went down and trained. Eddie Howe was actually a player at the point, I ended up um, playing a game with him and stuff but I went down for a week and I, I did really well I thought. And they, they kind of basically wanted to sign me, um, but I came up for the weekend to go back down again on the Monday, and I think Dick phoned me on the Sunday night um, and wanted to sign me straight away. So I had a decision to make to go back down there or stay up, and I just thought it was a good opportunity, so I yeah. agreed on that that night pretty much and went into training the next day and signed for the film. There we go. And that season we made, you made 22 appearances yep. and you scored one goal. Do you remember much about your debut? Yeah, I think Air United, I think. Um, Close. Airdrie. Airdrie, sorry. Airdrie. No, no, I was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. I was in, I remember I was in my, um, I'd been in a few weeks um, I, I probably wasn't really up to scratch yet fitness wise um, and I was there was a mixture between I was one of the part of the reserve group if you want to call it that but we trained the first time every day and um, I was doing okay thought I was doing alright and I remember Dick fo- I was at my actually at my girlfriend's house well my wife now yeah. at her house um, and it was a Friday night uh, and I think I was in the squad the next day um, and Dick phoned I don't know how you got the number my girlfriend's house to tell me if I'm playing the next day so get yourself home yeah. and this was at like 9 o'clock at night so so uh, when you went to Dunfermline, did you not expect to play every week? No, not not really. What it was a nineteen, right? So uh, I hadn't played a first team game at all. So I wasn't really. I thought, right, let's go. And I knew Chris Templeman, Chris McGrory, mm-hmm. guys like that were kind of. I knew a little bit. Yeah. And I thought, right, I'll get a wee, maybe if I do alright, I'll maybe get a wee chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got the, the call, it was a wee bit unexpected to be honest yeah. to play. Uh, I think it was Andy Todd maybe injured. I think Andy Todd was injured right. and that's where I got it but I think Brian Reid was there potentially Craig Ireland was there at that point yeah. they were older more experienced than me but Dick obviously gave me my opportunity so yeah. um, put me in like really nervous 
Mm-hmm. I think we won two one. Is that right? We won two one. We won two yeah. one. Um, yeah. So it'd be brilliant. I loved it. Did okay. Pretty steady. Didn't yeah. really make. I think we were two 0 up. I think, and they scored. But it, it was pretty steady. Just did all right. Really nervous, but loved it. Absolutely buzzing after it, and brilliant. just just to see that you'd actually played a game of football. Yeah. Like a first yeah, time game. Feel, like feel like a footballer. Eh? And then yeah. from that moment, I was in amongst the first team after that for that season pretty much what other players were were there at that point was Ian Ferguson in at that no point? he came later um, so at that point that that first little bit so it was Dick was still the manager yeah and it was Andy Todd uh, Jason Dare Stuart Petrie um, who else was in that kind of team Ian Westwater Greg was away Greg Shields uh, Andy Smith still there Andy Smith Hamish French yeah. so a lot of the boys from the Bert Pate yeah, yeah. We're, all, we're all still there so yeah. great guys good yeah. guys good changing room and ended up I think Stevie Crawford signing the January yeah, coming on from Hibs coming on from Hibs in the January yeah. uh, obviously Jimmy Codder would have came in at that point so yeah. um, he was a kind of big sign at that point and um no, it was a, a good group, a good group at that point. A good group to come into for a young player. Yeah, good experience. Um, yeah, definitely was. Uh, Before we touch on, on Jimmy, Dick Campbell. Yeah. What was it like working for Dick? Yeah. Stories about he, your time with He was brilliant for me. Dick Campbell. Um, I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure it must have been only six or seven games that I had with him. Uh, and when I got in, I pretty much played most of them. Um, and he kept me in the team. And as I said at that point, Andy Todd came back fit. He was the main manager for him. And yeah. I'm sure there was one game I played in front of him, which was a big thing for me at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he got back in the team because he was he, he was a good player. No, Dick was at that point we were only doing okay um, for where we should have been in the league. Um, and I think I know he, he was great. He, probably not. I, I kept out his road probably to be honest. He right. was a bit. Uh, he was loud, but training was great. It was good fun. We trained well. The boys were good. I probably did. I kept. I was still in at that point. I was still in the at the old East End where the kind of lounges now the changing rooms are yeah, up there going down the steps, down the steps. so there was, a, there was a home and a home and away so the first team boys are on home at that point I was still in the reserve one right. with Chris Templeman and Colin Stephen Nish. Boyle Colin Nish yeah. Chris McGrory we were still in that one what good young players good young players we were so we were quite happy being in that one and hiding <laughs> to keep myself at the road which is what we did and on a, on a Friday the, the it was like the the list would pretty much come up and get printed on like old school printed yeah. that that's who's in the squad tomorrow we've all got my look so probably kept myself out the road a little bit I do remember his last game Dick I think it was at St Mirren right. away and we got beat um, it, it was between us and St Mirren yeah at that point it? yeah uh, and we got beat quite bad over there I'm sure I think I might have been a sub that game mm-hmm. and I remember him come in and I'd never really seen a manager go mental really and he went mental round all the players, telling them how good he'd been for them and what he'd done for them, and kind of throwing it back in his face. Just he, he maybe, right was on the wall, maybe think? possibly, possibly yeah. at that point. And it was like it was hard, different yeah. for me. And then um, I think I'm sure it was the, the Sunday or the Monday that he left. Yeah, he left pretty quickly after that. So you guys were you not shocked by that? Um, or was that a shock? Uh, probably a little bit. I, we weren't doing really badly in the league, but I think we drew a lot of games and got beat a couple of games. Uh, and for the squad we had, I think they were expected to be a wee bit higher up. Like, some yeah. were doing well at that point. I think we were second, yeah. maybe a point behind Saint Yeah, so not, not that much. Yeah, so I don't know if there was something else that had happened in it, but I think it was a wee bit of a shock. Um, Jimmy was obviously there, Jimmy Nicholl. I think Jimmy had it for a couple of games as well. So, um, yeah. see that point when you're 19, you don't really think. You just nah. keep yourself out of the road. If you play, you play and just keep quiet, actually. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy Calderwood comes in, yeah. who nobody knew anything about. Yeah. 
What was it like working for Jimmy? Straight away, was it a total difference, total change in training, mentality? Yeah, probably. I loved him. Um, and it's like I didn't I played a lot that year but the following years I didn't play as much but mm. I would never say a bad word about him he was he was brilliant he was energetic training was slightly different he was demanding he built a good squad um, he knew exactly how he wanted he used to um, when he first came in and as I said he was he was good good to me he put me in a team and I pretty much played every week and yeah. he would give you it was a different way of football he would give you like man marking jobs so we, we used to play something on that year we had a front three of usually Mendes yep. um, Lovetti and Ma- Mark Yardley and he would at times he would put Scott Thompson on Mendes just to mark him uh, he was a tremendous player tremendous player wasn't? yeah uh, I would go on Lovetti and either Andy Todd or whoever else would play would go on Mark Yardley and it, would, it was like a man marking mm-hmm. system and you would just stay with your guy stop him scoring and was, just, was that totally alien to you yeah totally different uh-huh. totally different and then and people speak about two four four and stuff like that. Mm. It was just genuinely used to stay at the back and everybody else would go. And it was just totally different. But yeah. as a fan though, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant at that point. And we were good that yeah. year. But obviously we've got Stevie in, in in the January. I think the Dean Ferguson came in the January. Yeah, the goalkeeper Man Pike came in the January as well. Yeah. So he made a couple of big signings. He's obviously backed by the board at that yeah. point. But we had, we had a good team. We had yeah. a good team with a good group. Like Ian Ferguson was brilliant. I, like growing up, I remember looking at him and just think he looked evil yeah. he's like that, hard the, the hard man and he came in and he was such a good guy mm. such a good guy um, he was brilliant he was good in terms of like younger players in terms of looking after them and, and bonuses and making sure everybody got what they needed to get and yeah. he was he was he was brilliant proper Steve, captain eh? proper captain and and Stevie was Stevie was brilliant good player obviously like Scott Thompson at the top of his game who was mm. absolutely brilliant for two three years really really good Um and should we, have played we, for Scotland. We did. Yeah, it should have. Yeah, and and he, he was he was one of the best centre backs in the league, and that's especially probably the next couple of years when I didn't play as much going mm, up. Definitely. Yeah. Um, he was he was brilliant. Um, so no, Jimmy was great. Jimmy and Jimmy Nichols they were really good together. Yeah. Jimmy Jimmy Nichols was totally different, but at that point he would take us out in the afternoons all mm. the time, all the younger players, and just work on different stuff. Just love football, so we'd be out twice twice a day, most days. Would train really really hard. Yeah. Jimmy was big on. He used to get us to play every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we'd go and play golf after to get hammered in training. Go and play golf. He was horrendous at golf, but a lot of the, I was thinking other boys would go and we would all go. And team London, team London. Then, then we used off. to go uh, over to Edinburgh for a meal, and they made sure everybody came. Everybody came. Brilliant. All went for a meal, and then after that, people would go for a drink and go home. But he was he was very big on it. Yeah. Did you say he was ahead of his time? At that point in the late 90s? Yeah, probably. Totally just different. For me, like I said, I didn't really know that much about kind of first-team football. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of learning. Um, so you just kind of went on every word that he said. But when he puts you in the team, he shows kind of trust in you. He gave me a new contract. He was trying to get me under Scotland under 21 team at that point. So well. It never happened, but he was, he was pushing. Yeah. And he was, he, he was great for me at that point. Mm-hmm. And then the following season, we obviously go up. We finished second. Yeah. So we go up to the SPL. Then you see the likes of Skerler coming yeah, in and yeah, Rossi. Yeah. Uh, are you sitting thinking at that point, I'm going to struggle here? Yeah. Is the international boys coming in yeah, in that position? It is. Aye. Skerler was, was excellent. You, we knew Yusuf was coming, but he was he was injured at that point. I think if I'm right, I started the season, I'm sure I played a couple of games. We beat Motherwell 5-2. Uh, and we, that was the following season. Sorry, sorry. So that, sorry, I get that now. So that, that season, I was quite confident in going up and I actually hurt my shoulder 
really early in the season mm-hmm. um, and I got injured and I missed quite a bit and I actually struggled to get back fit um, and when I did these guys had then came in yeah. and I thought oh this is going to be kind of tough to get in so I knew at that point it was going to be tough but I was injured for a long long time that year on my shoulder and it would just it kept popping in and out and I was getting back fit and it was going in and out and I mean Pip Yates was a physio at the time we just couldn't couldn't get it fixed mm-hmm. couldn't get it fixed um, so I was out for a bit of time and by the time I did get back I thought alright oh, this is going to be tough there's there's good players in front of me at the moment but you, you just you back yourself to try and get but I didn't at that point didn't at that point and you think right okay end of the season the club was now on the up it was a it was a proper team yeah, uh, and it was difficult to get into. You look at the team photo that season, there must be about 40 players. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. Uh, and then we had, obviously we had some younger ones reserves, but he started to bring in some more of the Dutch guys, Skerla, kind of Youssef, I don't know if Marco Rutenbeek came a little bit later, goalkeeper. Rob Matai came Rob Matai came, Michael, Michael Duisburg. Duisburg. And we had, some, we had some good players. Mm-hmm. We had some good players at that point. David Moss came a little yes. bit later. Yeah. It, was, it was a good team. Yeah. A good team. And I mentioned Youssef Rossi there. Yeah. What was Youssef like? Obviously, we've heard a few stories. Yeah. About. Oh, he was mad. Uh, he was because we went over to Morocco. Would that have been the summer before? We went in January. That'd be the January. Yeah, we went, o- after, we went yeah. over to Morocco um, over there, and it was like three flights to get there and three flights to get back. But we were actually on more flights than we were days there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was he was genuinely like a, a king over there. They absolutely loved him, loved him. Um, but oh, he was. He, he was mad. There was a couple of times he came back. He, he, once he got himself fit, he was a very, very good player. Really, really aggressive. Yeah. Um, not big, but he was good on the ball. Um, he was still probably struggled a little bit with his knee because he had a bad knee injury at that point. But I just remember him. There was a couple of times we were going to play Rangers at Ibrox and he, he wasn't back from Morocco. Just mm. hadn't came back. Stable. Able. So I was playing. Um, and I knew I was in a team and we got to a hotel in Glasgow somewhere and he walked in <laughs> and Jimmy Codder would change the team and put him in a team so at that point I thought sorry for my language and that it, a bit of that was going on uh, my management there from Jimmy do you think I, I, look, I, I don't I, I, probably trying and just putting him out I think I actually went and got sent off early on that game yeah. or maybe against Celtic it was got sent off early and there was other times I remember we were training one time down at Petrivi and he, he just wouldn't hold back and, and training was quite physical mm-hmm. uh, Wien Ferguson Gary Mason guys like that and he went completely over the top with Gary Mason over the top two or three tackles but Gary Mason was a, a strong little guy mm-hmm. and Ian Ferguson he gave it a bit back to UCF Fossey so it was just getting out of control with training session so Jimmy just sent him away sent him away from the, the very very bottom of Petrivi sent him away for training told him up the road so as we were still training we turned around and he's um He's got a ball himself at the side of the pitch and he's kicking the ball in front and he's practicing his slide tackles. So he's running after he's kicking the ball in front, running after it, and just slide tackling and jumping into the ball. And we were like, whoa, <laughs> he's a madman. <laughs> um and he, and he was, but look, on his game, Aye, he was good. a top player. He was a top player. Um Skerler was the same, Skerler was yeah. different. He was an athlete, he was quick, he was strong, wasn't brilliant on the ball, but in terms of a natural defender. Uh, it was like a leech. Like he was, he was very, very. He had everything at that point. Yeah. Um, maybe to to go again was maybe a wee bit limited on the ball, but everything else, quick, strong, good mm-hmm. in the air, um, aggressive. He was for me probably a, probably a better player than, than you, Yeah, yeah. So the next two seasons, you, you kind of struggled. You made yep. two appearances and then four from the bench yep. or two starts. Sorry, 
So in March 2002, you like to yep. play football and you get mm-hmm. moved to Clyde. Yep. So how was your time at, at Clyde? Loved it. It was probably where, my time at Dufferman where I was young and I, I played a bit that first season, So I was, but I was, as I said, I was still in the reserve changing room and I still felt like a young boy, really. Mm-hmm. Over the next couple of years, as I said, I'd started at Dufferman. I started the first two games of the season and was, was buzzing and then I just realised that the club had just went above me. I, I was never going to play. I was a sub. Um, and being a bench, you wouldn't get on. Now and again, you get on. It wasn't they just club had went too far. There were there were there were better players in front of me. Yeah. Um, so I got opportunity to go to Clyde. I think I went on loan for the last seven games of that season, or six games, um, and then signed for a couple of years for them. But it's probably where I learned to play. Yeah. Uh, played every week for three years, but we're actually. That'd be the big thing for you. That yeah. Point, just playing week every, in, week every week. Every week, and we were. It was, it was a strange club at the time I still had some full time some part time players so you'd, I was full time but you would maybe go through on a Monday night and a Tuesday morning And but we were second three years in a row in the championship um, a strong team the strong team yeah and as I said we, we weren't on we were probably the misfits if you want to call it that like we just all sorts of different guys but we were a good team um, people didn't like coming to us at Broadwood with Alan Kernan the manager then Billy Reid um, and as I said we were at one point we were four points clear with three games to go and to win, to win um, the first division and yeah. we ended up losing it late on but it's where I, I played every week under different managers played in a back three played in a back four and it's probably where I would say I learned to be a player yeah. um, I think I played about 100 games-ish uh, yeah. over three years and um, loved it it was a brilliant club as I said it was it was mental at times um, yeah. we didn't have anybody to train we just get to Clyde in the morning Basically jump into minibuses and just drive about. This was Billy Reid, who's now system manager of Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. Uh, we just drive about the kind of come on old area and look for a bit of grass and go out and train, and then we get thrown off by the police. Um, and, dog, and get to, and, dog, dog, dog shit, shit everywhere. <laughs> uh, walkers just going about, and it, no goals, just jumpers down and cones. Yeah. And that's how we went for a for probably a year. Um, and then we'd find somewhere, and then someone would complain about us, and so it was. No point at- for you at that point, saying, "What am I doing?" Like, I don't know. Not really. No. Nah, I just. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why. Just enjoying it. We're playing. We're winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was. I probably didn't know that much different. Just loved it. Yeah. Um, and we, we did really, really well. We had a good group. We're all about the same age. And as I said, it was probably that's where I learned to kind of to be a player. Yeah. And then you moved to St Mirren in two thousand five. Yeah. Spent six years there. Yeah. Six good years. So you went promotion in your first season. Yeah. The SPL, and then you play the Challenge Cup final. You then get to the League Cup final. Yep. So a good, yep. good six years for you. Loved it. Easily. Yeah. See, so that was when I was. That was when I was at my best. That's mm-hmm. when I played my kind of best football. I knew Gus McPherson. He's from Dufferman actually. Of course, um, yeah. So when I was coming at the end of my contract at Clyde, Gus wanted me to sign for some man. Um, and I did. They were in the Championship at the time. But I thought, right, they could do quite. I knew Gus. Knew what he was like. Knew Andy Milne a little bit. Um, so went there and uh, it was brilliant. Loved it. It was kind of six pretty successful years yeah. uh, winning the league the first year so it was, it was brilliant getting up and we were good very good team going up to the Premier League was and being a Premier League player was was different for me and I ended up being captain for a few years as well like you're going to St Mern and sorry you're going to Ibrox and Parkhead and Hearts and Hibs and um, it, it was hard did you find that a big step up yeah big step up aye. big yeah. step look we were down for the first three years we were always down at the bottom of the league but we stayed up we always yeah. stayed up we always when it came to it we were good um, keep me the crunch so for us that was a big thing and then probably f- maybe four years into it we 
we actually did, really did improve the team and probably underachieved for a couple of years. We should have been around about the top six. Mm-hmm. Um, and we weren't, we had a good enough team at that point, enough experience um, to try and get a little bit higher, but we didn't. But look, we always stayed in the league, which was important. That would always be the yeah. the, the, always, was, the league was The league was strong. It was a strong Celtic, Rangers, Hearts. I think it was a, a spell there when Hearts were done, George Burley and, and Romanoff, yeah, like the proper, proper team. team yeah. and, um, Hibs under Mowbray, I think maybe. Yeah. Uh, a few, yeah. few spankings at Easter Road for that yeah. team. Uh, and Dunny United and Abbott, they were tough places to go. Um, so it was, we had a good team experience. We got to the the League Cup final, uh, and probably my biggest regret in football, we were, we were doing really, really well. 11 v 11 against Rangers. Nothing each at half time, and then they get, it started the second half, they get. Kevin Thompson sent off, I think, yeah. and then they get um, oh, centre back. Was it Rangers? Danny Wilson sent off, so down to nine men, and basically we're on the pitch thinking well, we're going to win the cup. That's that. I remember, I remember thinking in my mind that we're going to win this it. We're day. going to win it. it was nothing each at the time. This is your time, and they broke away with eight or nine minutes to go, and scored. Chris Boyd. Uh, no, Kenny Miller. Kenny Miller. And I remember I, I was out wide with Naismith, and I think he was going to cross it in and. I probably let him cross it because I thought there was nobody there. Yeah. Um, but he scored and then it was just the noise and it was so loud and we just couldn't break him down after that. Looking back now... They were we, just compact. Yeah, but we, we, we probably went for it. Um, at that point, we probably went to try and win it. We, I think it was maybe 25 minutes to go when he got sent off. Now looking back, it's easy to say now he should have just kept the ball a little bit and tried to, even if it was another half an hour injury time, yeah. extra time, sorry. But we didn't, we went for it and he broke away and scored and it was uh, devastating. To lose it to nine men, it's, I'm not sure it's embarrassing, but a little bit is probably. Um, and that was probably kind of my one regret for my, my time there. They always say though when teams go down to ten, yeah. nine men, it's harder to play against. Yeah, ten, ten can be hard to play against, especially for a, a team like Samarn, because we weren't used to being on the front foot and we mm-hmm. weren't used to being expansive and trying to break teams down. We were a solid unit, is what we were. So in the first half against Rangers 11 11, they would come forward, but we were quite solid and we would break. When they sat back a little bit, we just didn't know how to break them down. They weren't good enough to break them down. The David Weir at centre back, he was incredible. Yeah. Um, was he at that point? About 40 years old? Yeah, he must have been. He must have been. He, he'll be 38, 37, 38, and we just sat there, suited him, and we couldn't break him down. Um, and then they had a bit of pace going another way, and it was, it, was, it was a hard one. Yeah. But on a positive note, you made 234 appearances for the Saints, yeah. scoring two goals, and you're inducted in their Hall of Fame. Yeah. Must be an honour for you. Yeah, it is. Look, it's, uh, I, I genuinely did. Loved it. I, I, a wee bit disappointed the way it came to an end under Daniel Lennon, um, but I genuinely did enjoy it. Well, played every week, played in the Premier League for, for five years at that point. Um, say got got promoted, won the won the, uh, the Challenge Cup, got the cup cup final, semi final, captained the team, um, and it's where I played my best football. So getting yeah. the Hall of Fame two or three years ago was as well it was brilliant. It was great. Uh, yeah, and it was it's a it's a great club. I said I had a good time there. And it's when I spent. My best years playing football. Yeah. Well, you stay in the Premier League because the following season you return to Dunfermline. Yeah. So Jim McIntyre brings you back here. Was that an easy decision to come back to Dunfermline? Or? Yeah. Look, I was a wee bit, a wee bit disappointed the way I left St Mirren. I was due to stay, um, and I was kind of promised stuff to stay um, at St Mirren through Danny Lennon. We end up staying up because um, I had a few things in the January that that year that I could have maybe done, and he, he said no, there's a contract there. End up staying up contract wasn't there anymore it was a way so I was a wee bit bitter at that point the way it ended um, but 
pretty quickly. Um, Jim McIntyre wanted me to come. They just got promoted. They obviously great year in the championship. Got promoted, yeah. um, and it was a pretty easy decision for me to come in. And I knew, I knew they had a good team. I knew they had a settled team, so I'd have to fight for my place. Yeah. Um, Who were you fighting against at that point? So at that the point, the ones that got promoted were, were, were Kevin Rukovic, Alex Keddy, and Andy Dewey. Right. At that point, and I think in the end when they won the championship, I think it was Rukovic and Keddy played all the time. Dewey was a was a sub, um, but those were the players that had got promoted at that point. So I knew they would probably start the next season. Um, but it was an easy decision for me to come. Yeah. Eugene Mack, uh, I watched them when I wasn't playing with St Martin, so I knew they had a good team. I thought they had a good team, and it, it was a, an easy decision. Yeah. Well, that that season was really tough. Yeah. So we start okay. Yeah. And it goes. Pear shape pretty yep. quickly. So Jim McIntyre loses his job. Jim Jeffries comes in. Yep. Uh, you made thirty six appearances, but obviously we got relegated. That yep. it was really yep. tough. Was was it tough for the players at that point? Yep. Did you guys know there was financial issues and um, things going on in the background? Was that distraction? No, not really. I, I'll be honest, me. I was really poor that year, and that was it's my one my one bit with with Dunfermline, the kind of club that I support. I was there when I was really young and probably not good enough. And I was there when I wasn't older, maybe 32, 30. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and when I came back, I just wasn't as I wasn't as good. Yeah. I, I was poor that year. I thought I could still play in the Premier League, but I, I remember coming into training every hour, and it was actually Joe Cardo, David Graham, Steve McDougall. They were they were good players. Yeah. But I would always back myself on like one and ones, and I'd get a block and stuff, and I, I just felt myself struggling a little bit. And I was I said 32, maybe 33, 32, I think. I just I did, didn't play well, yeah. and we went to the Premier League, and we actually did start well. Um, I think we, we won a couple of games and drew through the first game, won the next couple. Saint was the yeah, first game. Yes, yeah, nothing each, and I'm sure we beat St Johnson one 0 Dundee United one 0 Yeah, yeah started strong. Yeah, yeah, started strong, and then it, it was hard. I had my own thoughts on it as well that we, we played four four two at that point, and. Mm-hmm. It, it, Jim was great he was brilliant but he really wanted to go and take the game with the opponents I just felt at that point it was getting hard but we were losing goals left right and centre um, because the Premier League was strong yeah. and it was it was a hard a hard season and I didn't I didn't play well when I, when I was there I just didn't and I knew it myself in and out of the team a little bit and just I was probably pretty poor uh, and I wasn't mostly as were probably Joe had a good season Joe Cardo scored yeah. 10 goals I think and some other bits and pieces but um, nah, it was, it was a tough year feeling. yeah, yeah. Uh, but there was nothing really in the background um, I remember a bit in January a bit of, kind of players back and forward a little bit but uh, there was nothing really in the background it was just it was a tough league and we just fell short it was and around about that time 2012 <laughs> you start moving into the coaching with yep. Craig Dargo was, was coaching at that point in your mind what to be a manager yeah. or what to be a coach yeah when I, as soon as I came back from St Mirren to Dunfermline I got in touch with Stephen Wright who was in charge of the youth so even that year I was taking I was helped taking the under 17s uh, on, a, on a Sunday and one night a week so I was kind of because I'd done a little bit of that at St Mirren as well so no I enjoyed that side of it uh, it was something I was kind of kind of looking at doing and I did enjoy it and then obviously as the year goes on there was administration there was bits and pieces I got an opportunity to take the under 20s and, and move on for that but I was always interested in the coaching side of it um, and it's something I was what, 32, 33 mm-hmm. I'd done my badges uh, it was something I was interested in Yeah, going back to obviously playing for the club I've asked this to David Bingham and yep. Ian Heddle two, two local boys did you always feel there was an added pressure on you being being local did you, did you feel that? Not really no as I said when I was here, I was I was young, 
and then a little bit older. I think maybe if it was in that time where um, I was probably at my best um, and I was, would, would play every week, and I was a, then maybe then at that point, but not really, no. Um, more so later on when I was manager for a spell and stuff like that was oh. that was when it was more difficult. But at that point, uh, it was uh, it felt alright. No, I didn't yeah. feel any more pressure. Cool. And then you go on loan to Queen of the South yep. in 2012. You then return to the club. You played yep. your final game the 3rd of May 2014 against Rangers. Yeah. Was that an easy decision at that point to to retire and hang up the boots? Yeah, it was. Yeah, at that point. It, I, it was all very. When I, when I came back um, from. Went on to Queen of South for a little bit, came back, and Jim Jeffries was the manager, and he just wasn't sure what he was going to do. Uh, but they were starting up a new under 20 league so he actually asked me look would you just stay and take the under 20s and be the manager of the under 20s but be registered as a player sometimes we'll train together sometimes we won't sometimes you'll play but you probably won't you'll sit on the bench and at that point I was still pretty young I thought oh, that that kind of suits me this is what I want to do I was in charge of, charge of a team so I was in charge of the under 20s at that point but I would be on the bench pretty much for the first team and we were in that year in the championship we were good until kind of administration hit and yeah. we lost a lot of the players and so I was at that point I was I was doing both and loving it. I was I was a player but not really playing but there just in case taking under twenty team um down at Petrivia every, every night with the under 16, 17s and kinda of yeah. learning learning my trade a wee bit as a coach. Yeah. And what players uh, were involved at that age group at that point? Yep, yeah. so when I went in it was um full time would be like Sean Byrne, uh, Ross Milne, um Scott Mercer brought in um, from the year before, so my first year taking brought in Lewis Spence, Finn Graham, Lewis Martin, Ryan Williamson. It's a good group. It's a good group, a brilliant group, mm. a brilliant group, and a couple of years between it, but a really, really good group. I was actually thinking, talking about the other night, my, my wife talking about how many of them, I'm not saying they're world beaters, but how many of them are actually still playing football. Yeah, like, good careers. Good careers, and, yeah. and, and like you're never going to get everybody to the top, but we had, we had good players good hopefully I kind of learned them a little bit and they're all still playing football at professional level a lot of them which yeah. is which is a big thing yeah you touched on it before the administration period yeah. so what was that like for you guys it must have been really unsettling and yeah. difficult it was horrible yeah it was um, probably twofold for me one I was a, a player not on that much money I got a family at that point and at that, at that point I was still in charge of the under 20s so I had I don't know 12, 13 boys that yep. were kind of under my watch who were on 60 quid a week yep. and we just didn't know what was happening like, we had a wee a wee, a wee incline kind of one time we got told and Gavin came down to to Petrivi to just before Christmas to say there was a, a few issues a few money problems um, but told us not to worry because um, there was a few Christmas parties on at East End and they were selling Christmas trees at East End. Genuinely told that to the players, and it just erupted, erupted. Uh, it left pretty quickly. Up, yeah, and then we got told uh, the next week we were getting twenty percent of our wage. So we actually, if I'm right, we actually said we're not playing. Uh, we always would have played, um, but we said we weren't playing. And very quickly they found another thirty percent, so we got fifty percent of our wages. But then that was it. And then that was us. So then it was a really difficult period. We all came in and just didn't know what was happening. We all came in and basically sat in the, in the main bit of East End one day, all the staff, all the players, and the, I think Brian Jackson, the administrator yeah. was in, basically just called everybody in one by one. 
and, and just got rid of most of them. Um, got rid of most of the players, the bigger earners obviously, or the ones that they didn't feel could mm. contribute, and just got sacked. And it was, and you just didn't know. And even myself, when I went in, I was, I pr pretty much was told I was a maybe. Uh, for again, I wasn't on a lot of money at the time. I was in charge of the younger players who they knew was going to have to play, and I could probably play as so. Because I had two jobs, was probably the only reason that I stayed really yeah. um, at that point. And it was uh, it was tough, really, really tough. And we were actually a good team and doing well in the league at that yeah. point. The championship yeah. we were we were good, and it got ripped up like that. Look, I understand it's it's it's, mm -hmm. it's not not our fault, but it was a, a really tough time. Yeah, Jim Jeffrey seemed to handle all that really well. Yeah, he was brilliant. He was really really good. It was great for me. He was brilliant for me. He was, he let me get a lot on with a lot of stuff training wise and stuff. But in terms of the players, he would help us out. He would back us. He was people were genuinely struggling to get into training. We didn't get paid for three months, I don't think. And um, we went on a lot of money and it was hard. Uh, but he was he was brilliant and said so I had a lot of the young players coming in. The club honestly used to rally round and I would get hand handed kind of coins and notes and money and what well, honestly hundreds and hundreds of pounds to give out to the younger players yeah. to get them in and out of training for petting money for bus fares and it was uh, the club were incredible at that point yeah. the fans that, the money that used to give to the younger players because at that point they were playing for the first team and for the youth team and actually got to the youth cup final that year and they were basically one squad um, and they were doing so much and it was it was tough yeah December 2014 we got to the cup yeah. final against yeah. Celtic yeah. at Hamden yeah. what about that experience that it was, was one of the real highlights during that kind of dark it, spell it, it was it? I, it was, and these, these were players that were playing for the first team at times and playing for the under 20 team but the kind of that was a group that we touched on before we had a, a really good group we had a mixture of kind of 16, 17 year olds and those 18, 19 year olds Sean Byrne and Kerr Young and Ross Milne and that were doing both at that point genuinely playing for under 20s on a Monday night and yeah. playing or a Tuesday night and playing for the first team um, but getting to Hamden was great um, we, we went away we tried to do it as professional as we can I remember I'm sure it was, it was either the day or a couple of days after we actually won the semi-final at East End against St Mern, uh in the last kick of the ball we won 3-2 in the semi-final and we just went to administration didn't know what was happening to anybody mm -hmm. oh, the players were crying and they were all young boys but they were great they were brilliant Hamden was, was brilliant we actually took good support for me as well, it was my first year taking under 20s I think we had a good team we actually played pretty well Celtic were good at that point we could beat 3-1 but we went to 2-1 in the game a little bit and then they scored late on again so but for as a as a, cl as a club to get there at that point yeah First time since '88. Yeah, it was a, it was a big thing, and it was a it yeah. was a it was a good team, a good team we had, um, and I said it because of circumstances as well was was difficult for a lot of the players. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Walking Down the Holbeath Road. We would also like to thank our sponsors at Inverkeithing Hillfield Swifts 2017s. The Swifts are an SFA quality marked community group and have competitive teams for every age group from mini kickers through to amateur level football. So if you're interested in youth football, why not check out their website www.swiftsfc.com And then following just after that, Jim Jeffries resigns yep. uh, from the club and you, you're offered the manager's job yep. how did all that come about and what was that like yep. for you it was um, it was strange really but the, the year before it was always kind of mentioned that um, I was doing okay at that point and it was always kind of mentioned between people at the club that I would potentially take over and that was always in the thought the season before we'd lost uh, in the playoffs to go up and Jim had basically told me that he was that was going to be him he was going to stop 
and then I would probably take over then, which was the start of a season. So you could sign players and build your team and yeah. used to think about it. But then he decided quickly on he decided to stay. Which is fine, it was, it was his call when the club wanted him to stay. Um I think we started the season okay and then we just went on a bad run. Mm-hmm. A bad and we actually had a decent team. Um we just went on a bad run, performances it just wasn't happening and then I think one day I think he spoke to the board and just decided that he was going to leave um, probably between the two of them I think so I kind of heard that was going to get offered it um, through different directors and clubs and stuff so spoke to me and kind of offered me it to kind of end of the season and look it was a big decision for the club because we were in League One at that point administration and we weren't doing that well we're starting to kind of build again yeah starting to go again we some young players with some guys signed from kind of League Two and League One to try and go back up the way a little bit, and we all got the opportunity. It was it was brilliant, like it's a no-brainer. And looking back now, I think was it the right decision at that point for me? But how yeah. can you say no? It was a club I supported, and it was an opportunity. It's one of the decisions. If you hadn't taken it, yeah, you'd be questioning yeah. what if. Yeah, and you you couldn't not um, stay in the area. Um, I knew the players. I like said a lot of the young players were in the team that I knew. Um, I would back myself. To go and do well, I, I thought no, I can, I can, I can turn it around because we were struggling a lot at that point, and it was a, an, op- an opportunity for me. It was, I think, it was just before Christmas, I think. Yeah. 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 How did you find the experience overall? Tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not tough. Like I genuinely loved it. Like I, I, I was pretty young at the po- at that time. We just couldn't. Uh, we just couldn't get results. We couldn't win. We drew a lot of games, lost a few games. Look back at now, there's things I would do differently. Um, I was going to ask that now. Yep. A more experienced coach yep. and manager, yep. looking back, what what are the big things you think? Ah, I should have handled that better. I should yep. have dealt with that better. A couple of things. I should have signed two dominating centre backs in January. At that point, we and when I when I go back and I just showed you about football, we actually we were a nice football team. We passed the ball really well. Yep. We had a lot of young kids in that were used to passing the ball. We would dominate loads of games with the ball. Means nothing. Mm-hmm. because we didn't score enough goals and we didn't um, defend well enough at the back in difficult moments, set pieces and things like that so there was a couple of things probably I, I would have, in January obviously it was, it was my first kind of transfer window and it was didn't know what to do and too difficult and um, I would have signed two centre-backs proper old school kind of League One centre-backs yeah. which I didn't do um, there a couple of times a wee spell where it was, it was tough I probably, the type of guy I am, I'm quite I like having relationships with the players and being in that's just who I am at at that point I thought I'll step back a little bit and Neil McCann was there at the time Neil take training and I would just step back and it's not me but but I thought that was the best thing for the time to show the boys I'm pissed off a little bit and not happy with them I mean really that's not me that's not the type of guy I am Um, but I thought that at that point was better to kind of step away from them and look did you learn even then, like be your own man? Yeah. Don't try and copy or yeah, after look at what other managers. Probably after up. it. Probably after it. Um, when I look back, I thought right, and we should have still been a bit more successful. Uh, like I remember Michael Moffat was brilliant and he used to come apologise to him every week. I'm so I'm so sorry. He used to play so well. Yeah. He couldn't score. Couldn't score. And he used to and he had so many chances mm-hmm. uh, and he used to come and apologise all the time and. Josh Faulkner and Andy Kagan and good guys. Good, te- good guys and they, they just and I used to speak about them just type of guy and training's great we're organised we're a good enough team we're set up well it just it didn't happen for mm-hmm. whatever reason um, I said we didn't score the first goals and face L we had L back to he just got involved but it wasn't at the level where he was at some of the young boys struggled when it got hard um, 
and it was just a, a bit of a mixture mm-hmm. uh, and it was tough like I lived a minute for the ground two yeah. minutes for the ground um, we didn't do well fans obviously weren't happy I was going to ask you about that yeah. you spoke to me before yeah. obviously about that experience yeah. and, and getting abuse and grief yeah. that must have been tough for you and your family yeah it was it was my wife and like, I had a couple of sons at the time I think maybe three, uh, three sons actually at the time mm-hmm. and I lived quite close and it, it was a difficult period for, for everybody and um, there was times I'd, I'd down at some Margaret school an old guy started shouting abuse at me and I had my kids going to school it was, it was times I'd I used to drive a kind of minibus about, like a nine-seater before a minibus, and there was a note left on it one time, and fuck off out of the club, and stuff like that. And, and I was quite a young manager at the time, and there was uh, just fans, just, I get it, they weren't winning, they weren't happy, um, but it was difficult, I just, it was weird, I used to stay in the club a long time, and it probably worked too much, to be honest, probably did. Yeah. Um, just was so, and still was trying to get involved in the twenties, I still seen that as my baby a little bit and the academy and I was trying to fix everything mm-hmm. still try to do everything at the club but I probably just should take a step yeah. back and say no I need to concentrate this a little bit but no that, that wasn't nice and it was the first time I've never really been into kind of social media or forums or that and yeah. I think it's hard for players and at that point it was forums and stuff were probably just getting big and my wife used to read it and um, it doesn't help does it no it, it doesn't help and it, it's hard luckily I didn't go on it but I knew a lot of the players would go on it. Uh, you're hearing it in the dressing room. Yeah, hearing it in the dressing room. And they would speak about it. I need to tell them. And it affects your confidence and it affects, affects the players and affects what they do. And they think that's what everybody thinks. And it's not really the case that way. So um, it, was, it was a tough period, I'm going to be honest. Um, but like you're saying you live locally. You can't yeah, escape it. No, you can't even go through never, shopping. No, I didn't shop in nights out. I just I didn't do any of that. Stayed out the road. Stayed out the road. Um, Which isn't right, is it? And it, look, we'd, we'd win a few games. We won a few games as well. We drew a lot of games. Um, so it wasn't a massive. Oh, I had 16, 18 games if that or something. But uh, it was it was difficult at that point. Mm-hmm. The end of that season. Yep. The club then announced Alan Johnston's yep. going to come in as manager. So mm-hmm. what was that like for you? Um, probably t- pretty tough. I'd spoke to Ross McArthur, was the was the was the chairman at the time, and I had a, a brilliant relationship with Ross. So we spoke about during the end of that season about building for next year, and obviously I wanted the job to be mine, and um, I felt that um, a lot of boys that were out of contract would be leaving, um, and that I'd already earmarked a few boys to come in for the following year, and I knew that I knew the following year would have a good team. I just knew the players where they were, who we could sign, the league we were going to be in, and I just I thought right, this is the time to get the job. This is the time because yeah, we won the league, uh, and I just felt that straight away. So I was trying to get the job, but obviously Ross made it. He, he, I think he went back and forward, but we spoke to him about it since. Uh, but they just felt they needed a bit more experience. Alan had obviously won the league at um, Queen of the South, yes. So they brought Alan in, Alan and Sandy. Uh, but I spoke to him about it, and I went back to doing the under twenty job, and just so as a coach. Quite keen to stay at the yeah, at that point. yeah, I was still, I was keen to stay, I was keen to stay as manager. But then I knew when Alan came in, uh, he'd have a decision to make what, what he did with me. But look, he was he was great. What he made stay, um, what he made work with first team, still take the younger age group, which I did. It, look, it was tough about the start because mm-hmm. Michael Murphy started scoring every week, and he thought, oh, "How could I not do that last year?" Players? The players that I had. Um, we were all and then back to it just had a, had a wonder year had a wonder year and again that that wasn't anything he just that was his time he was learning the year a couple of years before hadn't played football before yeah. uh, and I love the side pitch so he was learning all the time and he just had a wonder year and the, the club ran away with the, 
ran away with the league with a, with a brilliant season but really really good like, I was part of it I was part of the coaching staff um, I would still take some of the younger players and some of the younger players again were like say Ryan Williamson and Lewis Martin were playing most weeks Sean Byrne um, Lewis Spence they were all in, in the first team so that was a yeah. big thing for me that I'd brought them to the club when they were playing um, but a little bit was difficult because um, I felt that could be me taking the team but See, the Alan was great with me, Sandy was great with me, and it would a, a successful couple of years, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, the following season, we obviously go up to the yeah. championship. Hibs are in the league that year, yeah. but in Dundee United. Dundee United as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. strong league. Yeah. We, we done really well, didn't we? Yeah, we, we, did, we did well. We potentially could have done a... We did well that year. Um, I think the following year, we potentially um, could have done a bit better. Yeah. When, I, when I look back now, and I, I looked at the, the team we had and the firepower we had up front, Possibly could have won six and one won the league that year. We could have, we could have won that league. We should have won that league probably. When I look back now on the team that we had and the squad yeah. that we had, I felt we could have kind of kicked on a little bit um, because we had a good team. We had good players, um, but St. Man ended up winning the league, and I think we were in the playoffs. I think got got beat, in, the in the playoffs, ended up getting beat. So, um, so that, that was difficult. Yeah, and then the following season, mm. you get the opportunity to go down to Sunderland. Yeah. Yep. So how did all that come about? Obviously, you're, you're good mates with Jack yeah. Ross. He gets the job down yep. there. Uh, yeah, you know, decision at that point. Yeah, probably a little bit. So we were uh, still in the championship with the filming, um, still in the same job, enjoying it. But I'd obviously been, um, I'd been friends with Jack. He actually tried to take me to St Man the year before, but just couldn't go when he got the job. When he got the job, and he'd actually just won the league with St Man that year. But when I speak about him now, he felt the Fermanagh team was stronger than his St Man team. Um, but some just went on a wee kind of crest of a wave. So I think I came back and um, I'd done a couple of weeks pre-season with our yeah. filming, um, taking training with Alan and Sandy, and Jack got the Sunderland job and just wanted me to go. Um, yeah. But look, it was a massive club. Um, I had to think about it a little bit because I knew my position at the filming was, was pretty safe. It was a secure yeah. job and I, I could have kept doing it if I really wanted to do it. Um, I remember speaking to you at the time, it yeah. was a big family decision, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Young kids here. Yeah, a young kid all at school, and it's whether we all go down or I go down myself, and we just didn't know it wasn't. Look, Sunderland's a massive club, but it wasn't for bundles of money. Um, so it wasn't like we could move everybody down, everybody would be great. But um, look, I had to make a decision. I thought it was a good opportunity, and, 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 I, and I took it. Yeah, and you've done well down there. So yeah. just touching a little bit on the Sunderland, because obviously I could talk all day yeah. about that, but. The first question I want to ask you is about the documentary, yeah. the, the Netflix thing. Mm-hmm. How was that? That must have been so strange. It was. It was bizarre a little bit. Um, so when Jack got offered the job, they never mentioned it to him. Uh, they'd already agreed it. It was signed and done. Um, and then when we got down, when it's signed, so but I, I came down like the week after he'd agreed. It was just went to a few meetings with guys, and it was just cameras everywhere. But. And then you didn't really notice them that much. They, they didn't come in every day, came in a lot of days. They did a lot of, um, they asked to get in the changing room and team meetings and Jack just says, no, I'm not having that, that's my place. They had a lot of other kind of stuff, they would do training and have interviews with, with players. But they could, so they, at the start they went round and interviewed everybody who had maybe did eight or nine interviews at different periods, training, off training, yeah. loads of different stuff, but they did that with everybody. And then soon they, you, you kind of realised what way the documentary was going to go because they kind of stopped asking to speak yeah. to you so they had the three or four that they were going to go and the route they were going to go down and in the end you didn't really notice them um, mm. it, it was amazing some of the stuff you, would, you wouldn't you would even know they were at training there was a guy maybe oh, 
100 metres away, but it would have the big kind of sound box and stuff, and then they would send us stuff to say, this is what we're going to use, might I use that, and you would hear your voice. And were you guys getting to see before it went out, or were you guys watching that on Netflix for the first time? No, so this was this was a bit, so they did it, obviously did it, the player, the Sunderland did it the year before, mm-hmm. and yeah. when they got relegated for the championship, yeah. so all the players, like Eddie McGeady, George Honeyman, Lee Cattermole, they hadn't seen it for the year before, so when we were there, maybe six months into it, they decided to show them, this is what's coming out, from the previous year mm-hmm. and they all watched it and they hated it because they said it wasn't in a it wasn't in a kind of chronological timeline yeah they, they picked they bits out yeah. which wasn't true. so there was there was a bit at the very very start they got beat off Celtic 6-0 or something like mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, at home pre-season. pre-season and there were loads of pictures and videos of the fans booing but the fans are not going to be booing at pre-season so they, they took that from later yeah. on and, and it was there the guy who's in charge of the Netflix said, oh, it's our duty to, we, we've got to kind of tell a story. And then the players would say, well, tell the true story. Yeah. And a couple of interviews they did, they well, used it different. As an entertainer, yeah, telling a false story. Yeah, so aye, so then they, then they moved, uh, they moved some interviews around, though I didn't, do, I, I didn't do that interview then, I did it then, so they weren't happy with it. The players didn't like it. As if there's not enough pressure. No, I know that. A massive club like Sunday, yeah. and then you've got that. And we've got that, and in the end it was, but we didn't really notice them that much. For me, you did a few interviews, bits and pieces, yeah. when you watch it, we got to see a couple of episodes um, before they came out, but obviously, that, I think I would, I'd obviously left by the time it came out, but there was the last two, we get to Wembley twice. Yes, yeah, it's good we, touch on that. We lose on penalties, and we lose to the last kick of the ball. Um, and they were the last two episodes. Of it. And so watching that was, I remember that when they came out, I sat in my house and watched the six of them, I think they're six, six or eight, six, yeah. and just watched them back to back and said, let's just watch it. I've actually only watched it once, mm-hmm. just watched it right through. And it, it's good, to, it tells a story because yeah. we did well, but ultimately we failed in the, the final bit. But the club was mental at that point, we had uh, guys on 40, 50 grand a week, scary, and guys yeah. on two grand a week. And um, What was it like going from coaching players like at, at Dunfermline yeah. level to then coaching like it's not superstars yeah. but that level of yeah, 40, it, 50 grand wages yeah. a week it was tough at the, no, not tough at the start I did make a decision right I remember when I went away to Portugal like first week and we were doing training and I think, I think it was Lee Catamo he, he booted the ball away after training and I had a moment to myself right what did I say because I, I just hate that I just thought for me so I yeah. said cats go and, get, go and get the ball don't kick the fucking ball away yeah. um, and he went and got it and came back and then I had a wee Aye. to myself because if you reacted to me you're the coach Aye. but you just yeah. had to be but the boys were great uh, with Eddie McGeady there it was great a brilliant relationship with him and he's and the, the, the players were good look it was the changing room was all over the place at times mm-hmm. with internationals and league one players and it was it was still in that mix we had guys that just didn't turn up for pre-season with guys on 25-30 grand a week just didn't come back so it was a bit all over the place yeah. um, but look, I think the guys appreciated we were we were organised. I think training went well. We gave them. You've got to give them days off for because we were in Sunderland. You travel all over the place. Yeah. Um, so every game's four or five hours at least, probably. Um, Are you guys flying the games? We d- only in a couple of bus. So we're in a bus right. everywhere. But I get funny. The first couple of weeks we're down there, they said, oh, "We'll show you the bus that we've got because we're going to be in a bus." This spaceship type bus came in the corner but it was incredible it had sky the kitchen and beds downstairs it was unbelievable is this alright so like me and Jack would just look at ourselves like, yeah that's fine yeah it's fine <laughs> this will be alright <laughs> but, but we're in it for all, all the time yeah um, 
We got trained down to London a lot of time, flew to Portsmouth, Plymouth, um, even then sometimes get the bus back up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you're learning all the time again though, yeah. going down to England, totally yeah. different from Scottish football. Yeah, yeah, it was the... It was non-stop. Mm-hmm. It was Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. We did well in the Checker Trade Trophy as well. Yeah. Um, we did okay, and I think it was either the FA Cup, the League Cup. We did, but we got through to a kind of few rounds, so it was non-stop games, and probably that's what kind of cost us a little bit towards the end. Yeah. We had a lot of games called off because we had um, international players. Mm-hmm. So the international weeks down there, you would usually play because we had four or five. We'd get them called off, which was yeah. nice at the time. You get the weekend off. But we had a lot of midweeks towards the end of the season and we didn't win those games, we drew them, which we were in a good position. But then all of a sudden in a month of maybe drawn games, we weren't at the top two, we were in the kind of yeah. third and fourth a little bit, so um in the playoffs, which is difficult. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier two trips to Wembley. What was yeah. that experience like? But I went the first one was incredible because it was it was a it was a Czech trade final and it was a bit not less pressure, but it, it wasn't kind of do or die, it was, it, um, but it was played Portsmouth, it was 90,000, we had 45,000, they had 45,000, went down the night before, I remember, I remember getting off the train the day before, sorry, and we had security with us, and I'm like, security, we need security, we're going to get off the train to get on the bus, so oh, wait and see this, and we got off the train, and I've never seen anything like it, Sunderland fans, thousands, wow. getting off the train station, they'd obviously came down before us, they were coming down to have their party for a couple of days, um, my wife went down, my sons, and they were they were at um, uh, I don't know, Trafalgar Square, I think it was, right. and all the summer of, oh, everywhere. It was unreal. Um, and then the final, we, we going out to like setting a warm up up and taking a warm up at, at Wembley, it's incredible. Yeah, and we were brilliant first half, really, really good. We were one 0 up, I think. Um, and then they came back in the second half, went to 2-1. We scored the last kick of extra time, Aiden scored to make it to each. Went to penalties and we lost the last last kick of the ball, which is hard. This yeah, is tough. Really hard. But the experience was, was brilliant. Yeah, and then you return again. Yeah. We went back and a bit more pressure on us just to go up to the champ to the yeah, championship, really which is yeah. kind of that was where the whole season was done. Probably didn't play, we got an injury after two or three minutes in the game. Probably didn't play as well. Um but went one 0 up quite early. Um, then they equalised and there's not that much in the game and they scored last kick of the ball yeah. last kick of the ball he scored a ball to the back post kind of bounced by the box goes in the net and it was yeah. just at that moment you think Phew. did that you realise how big Sunderland were? obviously we all know it's no. a big club but until yeah. you're actually in, in the round yeah, yeah. Well, I actually stayed in just outside Sunderland so we went down with my wife and my kids and um, it's when you go there everybody's a Sunderland fan everybody mm-hmm. and it's, it is life and it's hard to, to say but it's genuinely in that area it's like a Celtic and Rangers down there it's massive now yeah. we were in League One at the time I can only imagine what it was like in the Premier League um, but it's an obsessed place of football and it's a massive club brilliant mm-hmm. stadium brilliant training ground at that point we still thought there was millions of staff and that's them cut twice from Premier Championship Championship yeah. League One so um, but it was a, a brilliant club, a brilliant club. And you're comparing it to obviously a St. Yeah, 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 to do that. No staff. No staff, I have no staff. Uh, and you're going there and, right, I, so I, I was used to just doing stuff myself. Yeah. Uh, I would just organise that and I'll go and get that and I'll watch that player and, right, who, who does the food and all that. And there's just people who do all that. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to do any of that. Just uh, focus on the coach. So I, to be fair, when, when we had that, we thought there was still too many staff, but it was slimmed down a bit. But mm. they, would, they would tell us the stories of the staff that they had in the Premier League, ridiculous 
just incredible. No, maybe yeah. that's needed. I don't know at that level, but um, for us, it was a, a proud experience. Yeah, and then you moved back up the road to yeah. another big club. Yeah, it was. It was. So obviously, started the following season. We actually started well, and then we mm. maybe ten games in. Yeah. Um, we drew quite a lot of games. Lost a couple of bad ones. Jack got sacked. Um, he came up. I ended up staying for another month. Phil Parkinson came in, wanted me to stay. I was enjoying it by that point. My wife and kids are back at the road. And I was just doing a bit of travelling, but it's not that far. It was fine. Yeah. But then Jack got a hips job and wanted me to come up. So kind of thought it made sense. Good opportunity. Uh, uh, good opportunity. Come back. Good club. Yeah. Um, chance to be successful. So came back up and uh, was, was excited to go to Hibs. Yeah. Again, another club of big, yeah. big support, big expectations. What, yeah. what was that experience like? Loved it. Genuinely did. Um, a really good club. We had a lot to do when we got in. We felt. Um, Again, just different for us when we got there. We it was a big club, but we thought there was a lot of kind of staff that I don't know what they did. Mm. It was it, it was just a lot of people in the training ground. The club weren't the, the team weren't doing it as well. Um, we're kind of down to bottom of the league. And it was a big decision for Jack to, to kind of go there and try and keep them up at that point. But we went in and we got we felt we got a kind of made an impact straight away with yeah. the players, how we did things, um, some younger players. Um, we thought they kind of bought any of what we did straight away and loved it. It was a good club. Obviously, that, that first year we won quite a lot of games pretty early, and I think COVID hit that yeah. first year. So we've, I don't know if we managed to get up to six or seventh or something like that, but uh, it stopped January, February, whatever it was. And yeah. so we did enough to kind of do what we need to do, and then from then, kind of following you with a great year. Had a great year. What, what was it like as a coach during yeah. COVID? It was tough. It was a lot of not knowing at the start um, what we were doing. We were trying to keep the players kind of occupied a little bit in terms because we didn't know if we would start back or not. Um, so we'd give them programs sent out with Zoom meetings about different stuff. We had a laugh Zoom meetings. We had Zoom meetings to keep fitness and just keep in touch with players really, mm-hmm. just to see, just in case something happened. Look, it soon came apart. That I don't think it was going to start back at that point. So look, it wasn't easy. We're same as everybody else, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and then when you guys returned to the training ground yep. with all the new regulations and yep. restrictions in yep. place was that disruptive? yeah a, l- a little bit yeah it was a lot of, it was a, a big organisation with Covid testing and waiting and we could only bring them in groups of six um, couldn't sit outside couldn't go inside the building we, all, we were all outside so we couldn't go into offices and stuff we were all uh, little groups um, but we're all thankful we were back at work a lot yep. of folk weren't back at work and we're back trying and football's coming back so um, at that point, it was it was we were thankful for it to to get back and get back to some sort of normality. Yeah, and then unfortunately, you guys lose your jobs at yep. Hibs. Did you guys feel hard done by? Because at that point, Hibs were doing you were doing well, weren't you? Yeah, look, the, the the year that we had the year before, we finished third. We got to we had the Scottish Cup final from the year before during COVID. Yeah, we got to the League Cup semi final, and then we got to the Scottish Cup final. And look, we didn't win it. Which we should, we probably should have done with the team we had, but Hibs hadn't been to third for sixteen years. Um, we got to semi-finals, finals. We brought young players into the team. We turned down. We we got told to make kind of signings from. We got asked if we would like make kind of Scottish-based young signings and Kevin Nisbet. Yeah. We brought Ryan Purchase into the team. Josh Doig into the team. We got two, three, four million pound bids for all of them. All turned down. So got to semi-final, so we thought, right, we had a good year. Didn't win the cup, but that was, we yep. took it on board. Second year, we actually st- we were in Europe, Europe football. Started the season really well. Got a European football, we were at the top of the league. And then 
with a few injuries and we just had a bad run of eight or nine games eight or nine games with a bad run of uh, we still had a couple of wins in there quite a few draws a few defeats and got, got to final beat Rangers at the semi-final won 3-1 so we were in another final coming up the next final again and we, did, we, had a couple, and we did have two bad games Livingston uh, but never in my mind did I think we were going to be sacked no, uh, just for what we'd done we had a final in three weeks and we were only we had a couple of games in hand because of Covid again so if we won that game in hand or two we would have been up, back up to fourth in the league so it, it, for me it was a really really strange decision uh, and, and that, that's football it's how, how it works sometimes how people work do I think Hibs reg- regret it? yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think they'll get back there now but what they did at that point for me was the wrong decision and yeah, wrong, time, wrong, time, wrong time wrong decision at that point look Again, if it went on for another two months and we kept losing games, lost the cup final, I understand that. But was that pressure on the tennises at that point? Yeah, look, fans were so our, our successful year. There was no fans there because of COVID. Of course. So they came back and they were good at the start of the season. Fans are fans. Uh, it's hard them the moan and the boo. And uh, we started. We, we were brilliant at the start of the season and we had a bad games. Uh, we had one game at Livingston. Um, we didn't play well. We got beat one 0 missed a penalty, and the fans were they were big in numbers and they would be going crazy and, and like social media is a big part of it now yeah. fans are a big part of it we had a new chief executive we had an owner in America as soon as chief, chief executives and owners get a bit of stick they don't like it no. so what's the easiest thing to do is sack the manager of course get some points back yeah it, it definitely does yeah yeah, so after Hibs you have a brief spell at Queen's Park yep. a club that are on the up aren't they yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be uh, quite exciting watching them and then now you're yeah. uh, back through in five at yeah. Hearts so yeah How's it all going at Kelly so far? Good, enjoying it. I'd, I'd, my spell at Queen's Park was really good, actually. I'd, I'd a month out from Hibs and then I had four months here, quite relaxed, just take training um, and help manage the team. And it was good, we managed to get promoted. It was good, enjoyed it. Could have stayed there, um, had a couple of offers, and I know I know Dean McKenzie and, and Andy Barham and at Kelly and offered me the job. Had a lot of think about it and thought, well, I'll, I'll give it a go. So yeah. came back, uh, it's all a bit different, it's obviously part time, um, being a manager myself, not done it for a long time. Um, so there's a lot of things that I had to get used to pretty quick, with a lot of injuries very early, with no physio. Um, so there's things that were just took a little bit of time, but I knew the guys. That were there were, would back me. We managed to get a few signings in. It's been a tough start to the season, but uh, results-wise. But hopefully, the last few weeks have picked up a little bit and yep. uh, enjoying the job. What is the expectations for for Kelty at the moment? Obviously, it's a club that's yep. rose up the division. Yep. but you're now at a level where it is getting harder. Yep. Playing is bigger. bigger yeah, clubs. yeah, it's tough. It's probably that was my not my taking a job. I was thinking like Kelty's pretty much won every game for the past 10 years probably exactly, yeah. uh, so for the first time for, for fans and for the committee and the board and for the owners we're going to lose games this year uh, and it's even for the players that are there they've not yeah. the ones that are there have never lost any games really yeah. they win every week um, but for the first time because the level we're at that's what happens when you're successful it, it'll be tough and it look it, it is it took a bit of time um, we lost games we shouldn't have lost but I've asked the players to stick with it to, to try a few different things hopefully as I said we've got everybody back fit I think the league we're in can be difficult if you can string a few results together you've quickly climbed the table Definitely. you lose a few you drop down so it's hard, it's probably hard to judge look there's four full time clubs in the league so you would expect them to be at the top of the league yeah. uh, but then after that who knows who I knows? think just let's see how the how the season kind of progresses once you get to maybe Christmas time yeah. you see where you are 
and you've got guys like Joe Cardo, Callum Higginbotham, yep. yep. Lewis Martin, all yep. ex-Pars boys, so good, good dressing room there. Yeah, it? no, it makes it easier, like Joe and, and Higgy there at the start coming in. Um, you get to know them, they, they know me, they can, you know, the types of guys, the, the players that are there, they can speak to me about that as well. So uh, it makes it easier at the start, I said. Um, but the, the guys the guys have been great, they've been good. Like, they've worked hard every day uh, when we were there, sorry. Hopefully, so we've turned a wee corner, but um, so Big Lewis has, has decided to come part time because he'd real bad injuries over the last couple of years, but Lewis is a good player. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, this just this year being part-time get his body used to it playing yeah. every week and he can he can kick on from there brilliant mate so at the end of the, the podcast we do our top five yeah so this applies to your time at Dunfermline only as a player yeah okay so we'll start off the first one your most memorable game as yeah. a player the one you could pick out yeah I'm going to cheat and pick out two okay if that's alright my, my debut against the air just because that was my it was my first game um, and professional just the, the buzz after it of actually playing football um, and actually probably my last one we played so we we'd, we played Rangers and Rangers had won the league uh, in League 1 and we had, I think we had the playoffs after it so Jim Jeffries decided just to play me who'd retired pretty much yeah. and I hadn't played for that and all my young boys pretty much yeah. so we went out and all the young boys I looked after and played we all went out and played Rangers first team who'd won the league and, and we actually drew one each in the one game one, yeah. and it was brilliant I loved it it was I, I was playing beside all the guys that I'd coached and coaching that were all 18, 19 17, 18, 19 um, quite, quite proud of that but I, yeah proud yeah. the young boys would be buzzing yeah, buzzing yeah I lasted about 75 minutes I think <laughs> and then Jim took me off because I was gone but I just for that moment I was quite proud of that the club it, it, playing Rangers they'd won the league um, all their fans were there and just to be out on the pitch with the young boys that yeah. like, I worked really hard with and I loved the uh, yeah I, pretty much I, and it was, uh, I really enjoyed that Brilliant, it was a good mate. game who was your best mate at the club? Probably f- first first time round because that's when I was more of a player. Probably we genuinely had a really good group. The local boys in terms of Scott Thompson, um, Stevie Crawford, Jason Dare, mm-hmm. um, Lee Bullen, Justin Skinner, we were a, Barry Nicholson, we were yeah. a kind of group. We did a lot of things together. No, it was just football, but snooker and pool, and we just yeah. we just had a good we had a good group. So, in terms of guys like that, I still speak to Stevie quite a lot. I still speak to Scott quite a lot. So, I'd always kind of stayed in touch with touch with guys like that. Brilliant. The best player you played against? Uh, no, best player would be Michael Moles. Um, couldn't get near him. <laughs> he had that, that turn. After his injury. Yeah, yeah. After his injury, he had this. He had a turn where he would just go one way and his body would go the other way. I think that's why he looked up his knee. But mm-hmm. he was incredible at that point. And Rangers were incredible at that point. Um, I did miss one. We Arsenal came up. Yes. And I was actually unwell, uh, and I would have been on the pitch at that point of somewhere along the line, and I missed that game. So I wasn't even at the game. I was generally unwell, and I got told not to come in for the doctor. So I missed that one, and that. Would have been the superstars game that night. So I missed the game. That was some Yeah, I missed the game. That was that was a full team. Yeah. Um, so I, I missed that game. That would have been one that I missed. Ah, nightmare. Favorite stadium you played in? Probably Tyne Castle. Mm-hmm. Tyne, uh, loved that. Um, although first first uh, first time at Dunfermline, we played at the old Brockville, uh, right. and that was Dunfermline against Falkirk. Yeah. Uh, and we won, and that was brilliant. Um, cause I remember, I remember going there with my dad to games, uh, and that was proper hatred. It was tasty. Yeah. It was, oh, it was so probably I'd, I'd one game there, um, 
and then probably probably Tynecastle. It just it was that close. Yeah. The atmosphere is brilliant, and uh, I would say that's probably the best one. Brilliant. And the final one, your favourite memory from your time at the club. That one memory you kind of look back and think oh, that was a brilliant time for me. Yeah. Um, probably, although it's not kind of first in that 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 year when I took the under twenties when it was started my kind of management look make my debut is always a big thing uh, your last game is always a big thing look there's moments in there we obviously got promoted my first year which was was a big thing um, but having that year that I was in charge of young boys that got into the team and made the, I felt as if I'm well, doing my job a little bit so I got guys into the team guys that had careers um, hopefully if you ever asked them I'd, I'd helped them a little bit on the way um, so I did enjoy that bit of, of my job of, of seeing these young boys getting into the team and, and having careers in football Brilliant well John thanks very much for your time today and yep. we wish you all the best for, for the season ahead and beyond with Kelty Cheers thank you very much Thanks for listening to this podcast I'm sure you'll agree John was a fantastic guest and there were some brilliant stories in there too Remember, you can subscribe to the Walking Down the Hobby Road podcast on all the usual platforms such as Spotify, Apple iTunes and Amazon Music. Thanks as always to Jan Mokiewicz who produced this episode and music was supplied by Stuart Dusty Miller. We look forward to next month's episode when another former par will join us to walk down the Hobby Road.